0: Let's do this. We're back. Welcome, everybody, to Sharpen That Axe. That was a very dramatic intro. Welcome back, everybody, to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. I'm Dylan Murphy. This is my, this is my co-host, John Gillen. How are I am John?
1: always here. Always here.
0: You so. are always here. You're here more than I am. You, you mm. interview more guests than I do. I think if we had to look at the ratio, it would probably be about, I don't know, 60-40
1: yeah well as long as you, you you know you're not jaunting off to southeast asia it's a lot easier to have you on the show so
0: preach my friend preach uh, yeah. i that, that's not happening again for quite a while so i'm back remember organizing that Ari, uh, ariel posen interview on the back of a motorbike while a man screamed at me in vietnamese i'm like i'm coming i'm coming and um, so
1: oh, yes. or the greg Howe interview that was a good one too
0: oh that was so. the most stressful day <laughs> oh my of god my life.
1: Anyway, anyway, folks, go, go back and listen to our previous interviews.
0: Yes, we get good guests, and we are not the be- most professional interviewers, but heck, we, we make it to the end. Hey, Greg um,
1: Howe said we ask good questions, so that's good enough for me.
0: That is That is, I'm still riding high on that one. So, uh, yes, let's start. As always, we start, well, I would like to say as always, but last time we didn't because...
1: Because oops.
0: Because we didn't have a look at the week last <laughs> time. Also, word to our listeners... I realized that I, I I showed some people at work my podcast and I you know they, I I showed showed and they thought it was very good and they were wondering well you know they were wondering you know they said you say you know a lot and I'm like what so I listened back to maybe a 10 second clip randomly selected from our podcast and I say the the term you know like 40 times it's
1: true it's true I, I also to, say so a lot so what
0: uh, uh, we didn't write this folks we didn't write this so I am very very self conscious about saying you know uh, but I just want you to know you know that phrase, there you go um, so John have you got my lick of the week open and I
1: have the lick of the week open and ready to go so here okay. we go Yeah.
0: Okay, it's Iron Maiden, right? It is Iron Maiden. Now, is it the Trooper? It's not the Trooper, but it's off the same album as the Trooper.
1: Oh, um, I know everybody at home or on their their podcast listening devices is screaming at me now, but I can't. What is it?
0: Everybody huddled around the old wireless podcast device. Uh, yes, this is Aces High.
1: Oh, Iron of course. Oh my gosh.
0: And the reason I picked yeah. it was I've been going on a little bit of a kind of classic metal buzz recently, and I realized we never spoken about Iron Maiden before on the pod. Massive guitar band, one of the biggest ever, and we. Oh yeah, played. totally. The
1: Iron Maiden changed changed the way I think guitar was played, particularly in in, in rock or heavy metal.
0: Yeah, I think with, you know, you think of the two, oh, I said it again, uh, you said you think of the biggest two guitar bands, you know, the, the dual leads, I suppose, uh, bands, and you've got Thin Lizzy, you've got Judas Priest, you've got Iron Maiden. Do you think it was really influential in terms of uh, lead playing or was it that the bassist wrote a lot of the riffs? What are your thoughts? I th- I think
1: it's uh, a lot of it for me, honestly, is the lead playing aspect of it because Iron Maiden is really one of the first bands, particularly in those early years, you know, the the late 70s, the early 80s, where they are developing this dual lead guitar sound, which you hear yeah. right here on that intro riff. And they do it a lot on in their solos as well. And... That was somewhat new. Nobody was playing that fast and that technical in that time period, really, in um, in not unison, but in harmony. you know and I think that's one of the things that just makes them so remarkable as a band.
0: yeah, I'm a big, big fan. I was relatively late to Iron Maiden because I was in a basically in a secondary school environment where any type of heavy metal was. Highly frowned upon socially, <laughs> uh, so I kind of had to go out there on my own. And I remember getting Number of the Beast, and just oh it's crazy. I I remember even just thinking the solos were just too over the top because I think it was my first exposure to the new wave of British heavy metal or new album, as endearingly referred to by probably by <laughs> nobody. Um, so yeah, cool. I always like to uh, hear your perspective on bands that we've never spoken about before, John. It's a uh, always a delight. Uh, so our opening. I suppose, current trend, hashtag trending topic that we're going to be talking about Is, is that what we're an, calling this now? Hashtag. Please, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag trending hashtag, guitars. Hashtag, try, hashtag trying to stay relevant. Uh, <laughs> this is basically, I heard, I uh, first came across this uh, in a Cracked podcast, uh, the Comedy Channel podcast a few weeks ago. It's 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 a. They were talking about this New York Times article that came out from Spotify statistics that say people who uh, they're basically their musical taste peaks around the age of fourteen. Uh, for example, that you know the men who do I have a statistic here? Yeah. You know the most popular song listened to by people when you know who are women aged forty-one. One of the most popular songs is like "Just Like Heaven" by the Cure. You know they were oh, all goodness. fourteen. You know stuff like that. You know women aged sixty-nine. Pretty Woman, um, Crazy Love is really popular. By Van Morrison is really popular with men aged around sixty-three. Um, so you know there's a bit of a pattern here. So what I wanted to talk about was the the musicians that you listened to when you were fourteen. Would this have a huge influence on the way you played and what songs you wanted to play? Do you think that, you know, did you venture out into further fields when it came to musical guitar based taste when you came to learning music or were you just a big Van Halen fan at the age of 14?
1: (laughs) Um, Yes to all of those questions. So yeah, what the article is, is really getting at is in some way, we have a very deep connection with the music that we start listening to around the age of 14. So I picked this up through Adam Neely, who we've spoken about before on this podcast, but he goes into a little bit, he goes into it a little bit and essentially says that what they're finding is that this is essentially hardwired into your brain. And this is the music that you are in some way, shape or form going to identify with the rest of your life it's the stuff that comes on and you it's maybe your guilty pleasure you don't want to tell anybody but you're just going to you're going to rock out to some you know tiffany and i think we're alone now or whatever
0: <laughs> so, i believe limp biscuit was the example that he used
1: yeah he used limp biscuit as as his the thing that he was listening to a lot of new metal at that time and i i think it's interesting because really what they dive into in the science behind it is your brain picks up on this transformational musical experience and you latch onto that. And that becomes something, a memory that's better implanted than say the 30th time you experience this okay. transformational musical experience. And so that first time is more deeply, let's say hardwired into your brain Than that 30th time would be. And that's why it's important. Me personally, I was attracted to the whole idea of Van Halen just as a guitar player from seeing, and I've talked about it before, just from seeing a live video of him. It just blew my mind. And I said, I have to learn how to do this. And at that point, I just worked on consuming all the Van Halen (laughs) guitar stuff I could. And so I, I do still have a soft spot for that kind of music but i also grew as a listener and as a musician but that's always stuff that i'll come back to and be like oh yeah that lick that's a lick that i really always wanted to learn and now i have the technical ability to do that and and go back and and look at that it's a great feeling yeah absolutely you know especially what about you i mean when you started learning an instrument let's say in that same time period what mm. what were the things that attracted you to it and what are the things that you you keep coming back to whether that's maybe Pearl Jam or, or some of that alternative rock that just kind of I
0: do love that, my alternative rock
1: that you just connected with
0: <laughs> well I, I'm very similar in age around uh, to Adam Neely and I you know growing up in the early two thousands, I was about fourteen in two thousand and four. So it was, you know, just coming off the real high of the new metal scene into post new metal, which you know, newer metal. I don't know, just something really right. bad. But when it came to guitar techniques, I think, you know, with the difference between you and me when it comes to this kind of discussion is, uh, you like solos, but I, I'm very much more of a riff. Individual, And I think that's where the, a lot of the music that yeah. I listened to when I was 14. Like, I remember a lot of my f- favorite riffs are actually the John 5 riffs of Marlon Manson albums. I remember just thinking there was a real sense of, it's just locked in with the drums, which was also a massive part of my musical upbringing around that time as well. So I, I think that's quite interesting just to see where the musical taste goes. Uh, you know, you'd be, take people who were, I don't know, maybe born in maybe 10 years before me in like 1980 from around here uh, people who would say be in their I don't know mid to late 30s now in Ireland would be big Oasis fans you know Blur fans oh, and that would yeah. be their favorite, favorite type of guitar playing you know that's the kind of what they would want to learn even like you must notice it from like a teaching perspective just to see people kind of want to learn a certain type of song would you have many uh, students around this age
1: Yeah, um, and I would say a lot of students from that 25 to 35 age range, a lot of them are kind of hitting on it. It's funny because you mentioned things like Oasis. The number of times I've taught Wonderwall to someone over 25 (laughs) is (laughs) remarkable, and I never really would have thought about it if it weren't for this. That said, it's funny because I've had students coming in lately who are just like, hey, I want to learn Slayer. I want to learn Iron Maiden. And it's interesting because some of this, what we might consider classic guitar metal or riffs or whatever are coming back for, I, 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 to be honest, I'm not really sure why, if it's a matter of influence from parents or it's just, they feel like there's a lack of this kind of guitar playing readily accessible. Obviously we've talked about how much there is out there on the internet if you go poking around, but it's, it would not necessarily be the easy stuff to find.
0: Yeah, I, I think it comes back to that idea that we've discussed before of tracing your idols, what, what your idols listen to. You know, if you have a musician mm-hmm. that's current that you really like, you're going to find want to find out what their influences are. You know, you can trace Go back to the old blues style if you listen to Jack White, for example. Or, you know, I, I think maybe people who are into Muse would be quite into Queen, you know, would get into Queen through like Muse. And um, that's, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, just, yeah, I don't know. Gotta hate Muse. And uh, we'll come back to that.
1: <laughs> Tell us about but, uh, how you feel about Queen. Oh so. no,
0: that's not going to. Well, that's that's our that's a future episode. Uh, they have a song called "Don't Try Suicide." It's the worst thing I've ever heard. Um, so <laughs> I just think I think this is really interesting because uh, you know when you meet people who are I don't know, say a little bit older than you, you can kind of like start counting back to when they were fourteen and try and figure out what they would listen to. And I think it's really interesting from a guitar perspective just to see what people actually want to play these days and what influences they're playing.
1: Yeah, I, I will put in the caveat there that I, I was in high school during the new metal thing. Uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and, but it was, it was all the shred stuff from the 80s that attracted me for whatever reason. And yeah. so, yeah, I still have a soft spot for that, and I just I don't really ever go in for the new metal stuff. The alternative stuff, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, all that, um, still a big fan of, fun to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, yeah, somehow I, I kind of missed the whole new metal thing yeah. because I was listening to Paul Gilbert, I guess.
0: <laughs> and what, was the biggest, what was the biggest heavy metal album when I was 14? Saint fucking Anger. <laughs> oh, God! <gosh. laughs> I, I watched that documentary recently the other day. Just the, the, the some kind of monster. It is it's just, I, I will never get tired of it. Just the recordings. Oh,
1: is that the one where Kirk Hammett can't get the lick?
0: That's a deleted scene, but everybody's <laughs> seen it. Like, somehow the guitar community just latched onto that. Uh, did you see, sorry, sidebar, but did you see Chris Zupa, friend of the show? Uh, did you see his recent episode on Kirk Hammett? No, he I did not. Uh, he goes. He basically just tears him a new one. Oh my the, God. So The, sol- the solo is on the latest album. Apparently, Kirk Hammett for the latest Metallica album had all his solos uh, on a phone, recorded on a phone, like all his ideas, and he lost the phone. So when it came to actually recording them, he just phoned no. It in. No pun intended, <laughs> <laughs> or pun very intended. I'm very, I'm not proud of that one. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's basically just, I, I, I that's a fun discussion on. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an
1: interesting to topic for our listeners. Go ahead and leave a comment on any of the social thingies. Like what are the things you would listen to when you were 14? So there's, and why that might be another question. Why would you we're, listen to those things?
0: We're a very accepting group. Don't don't worry. We're, you know, unless it's news. <laughs> um, so, uh, John, we were going to talk about a little bit more I th- in some future episodes about, um, things to learn i suppose topics to learn things that you teach your students things that we both want to improve on in our own learning experience and one of those things that has come up time time again whenever we've been discussing this is ear training mm-hmm. so i remember that I, I sent you a music is win video i think it was maybe about six months ago where he talks about his practice plan how to make a practice routine oh yeah yeah, yeah. and, and it's like he talks about theory and improvisation but one of the big caveats that he talks about is ear training and i, I feel like as a guitar teacher teacher. Um, I suppose we should start with that. Do you, um, would you teach a lot of ear training or would you think that it's, when would you think it's important to to engage in ear training with students? It's a
1: difficult thing to get into because most students aren't interested. So okay.
0: yeah, I, but but if somebody
1: is willing to take it seriously, and there's there's definitely some things that you can do. And however, when you talk about it to somebody and you say, hey, wouldn't you, would you like to be able to just pick up a song and learn it by ear? And everybody will say yes to that. So whether that's necessarily a riff or maybe just the chord progression, that's usually where you can get people a little more interested. And I I think ear training is really important because it just helps you to know orally what's going on in a song and, and tell how to improvise, and and those sorts of things. So where you start with that, I think, is different depending upon the student, whether you're sort of training intervals or maybe just, hey, can we figure out this one, four, two, five chord progression and figure out what key it's in and and pick it out. Those are two very different approaches. So you can either take a really academic approach, which is very meticulous, or just kind of, hey, what do you need? For your your best ear training now, for you, what kind of exposure have you had to
0: ear training? I think the biggest exposure I've had maybe would be trying to learn songs that i couldn't find tabs to <laughs> <laughs> or um I think a lot of it is or even like playing with people and having to learn parts. Uh, basically learn chords and stuff by ear would be a big thing. Chord progressions I think would be the big thing for me to learn. Uh, well, Well, has been a big thing just to figure out chords by ear. And I think it has been like invaluable, really, when it comes to so that what it means like sitting down in like play, you know singer songwriter sessions or s- sitting down in like a pub with and you're playing with a lot of musicians that you've never met before. I, I think it's it's like even it's it's great to have be able to figure out the chords by ear, or even just being able to figure out what the vocal is doing, so you can kind of tell what chord is coming next in in a chord progression. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, So that's kind of been my biggest exposure to it. It's something that I really have tried to work on. Uh, I remember when I went back to to college first, there was a big class that all the first years had to take. And, you know, I was doing a a diploma, so I had to take it as well. And it was ear training and it was, you know, the intervals, essentially interval training. Mm -hmm. And that was rigorous, man. That is hard. If you were not used to that, that is a whole different ballgame.
1: So I think as a guitar player, it's a really good thing to be able to do because you're going to have to be picking out those chord progressions, which typically you're going to do by root. So Mm -hmm. when you're doing that, I think it's good to know to be able to sing a fifth above the root or a third or um, a fourth because that gives you context for what you're looking for in terms of those chords. And then as you're figuring out a riff, it, it helps. So it helps to kind of build on that, I think.
0: Absolutely. And we've come back to that idea before of like when you're writing uh, or even when you're figuring out a solo or whatever, whether it's figuring it out from another, uh, from another, figure it out by ear by another player or you're trying to figure out what to play, being able to sing something in your head and being able to, I suppose, maybe transpose in the word, but translate it to guitar is a really, really good skill to have. And um, so would you know those, like the intervals between, like, say, I don't know, perfect fifth and perfect fourth and you probably would
1: yeah though i would say i'm probably a little bit rusty i've been working on it with some students which helps me stay in shape you know and but it's it's been useful to do that and useful to kind of review the yeah i'd say and so the biggest thing you can do is just practice just singing those on your guitar pick a simple song like a country song that's usually the one I start with with students who say, "Hey, I want to learn this," and then see if you can pick one of the main notes and then figure out, okay, is that a third above, a fifth above, a second, you
0: know, whatever, and go from there. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a really. I'm just thinking as well, like we've talked before about one of the, you know, a really valuable skill to have as any musician is being able to do backing vocals, and if you like ear training when it comes to harmonizing, is it's it's. Integral, really, when it comes to that kind of skill. Absolutely. So, go ahead. No, I was going to move on, but I was going to ask about when uh, you're. How do you teach? Do you teach with a guitar? Do you teach with an like? I know some people use an app, and some people use. I'd say piano would probably be one of the biggest things.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of different apps out there. You can get some free stuff. One of the ones I really like is put out by Sibelius. It's called Aurelia. If you're really serious about it, or you've got like a ear training exam or you're auditioning for university or college or something like that, this is one of the things that would really help you out. So Aurelia is broken up into a whole bunch of different segments where you're identifying chord progressions and cadences and intervals and it has a transcription element, which is really good. It's a very thorough application. And I would definitely great. recommend that. And I think as a student, it, it, I think it's about $50 or euros or euro dollars or whatever. So, whatever
0: the equivalent is. Yes. Yes.
1: The money of the future Ooh. is the euro dollar. So that's it.
0: <laughs> We're just ahead of the curve. Um, so yeah, I I've, I suppose with me, I think a lot of it is, so do you do, I mean, when you're teaching as well, one of the biggest things I learned as well is being able to learn the intervals of like famous songs like you know amazing grace and the star Star wars perfect fifth is always one that i come back to as well um but there are some very obscure uh references uh for when you're like trying to learn weird intervals right like maria from west side story is the one they
1: always bring up for that's it is it the major seventh i think yeah i think so or the og aug- aug- gosh, I honestly can't remember. See there you go. For one of the weird intervals, I think it's uh I think it's an augmented fifth i I can't remember. It's, so shame. See, shame see that See so but yeah, it um that's that's kind of the thing. being able to to recall a common tune, but the, the trouble is a lot of these who can recall the Superman theme off the top of their head? I can't so. remember I,
0: I I can, but not like the first few notes No, that. No, yeah. that's twentieth century fox um, <laughs> yeah exactly, and, uh cool, so yes, your training, we want to hear your thoughts, is it integral, is it important uh we've just said that it is, but we want to hear your opinions on it uh we, we would really appreciate that, dear listener. And um, do you want to learn it? How do you learn it? Do you use an app? Do you use a regular old keyboard or guitar? We'd like to hear it. But John, it's come down to that question of the week. What have you been working on?
1: What have I been working on? So you familiar with Rick Graham, right?
0: Refresh my memory. Uh, he's for- kind
1: of a, I mostly know him just from his YouTube videos and shredding. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he doesn't say much. He just kind of gets on and plays something ridiculous. He's basically built his career around kind of educational materials, writing for guitar magazines, and that sort of thing, and sort of YouTube style that you can't play this type licks. That's basically Rick Graham. And fantastic guitar player. But I came across his book on – it's essentially just a legato workout. The whole book is this crazy legato workout. So I've just been kind of picking different exercises out of that, and some of them are, as you would expect, mental. They're just super hard to play. But it's been fun. It's it's a good change of pace in terms of how I think about legato. He's got a, a few different patterns that I wouldn't normally use, though some of them are kind of borrowed from Alan Holdsworth type stuff. Again, yeah. stuff I wouldn't normally use. You know, Complex. string yeah, string skipping, using all four fingers to do a stretch. Something he's got one in particular where you're doing something like 10, 12, 13, and then 15. So it's all up and back. It's it very Holtzworth. Yeah, and a big stretch at skipping strings, stuff like that. So that's been uh, consuming my time on top of a lot of the other stuff that I've mentioned in previous episodes because I still have students working on insane solos and difficult songs. But there you have it. So what about you? What? Because uh, you've you've been prepping for gigs and all that fun stuff do you have you had time to
0: kind of branch out from your own material well when it comes to procrastinating at work john i am a, you know i'm a <laughs> pro uh so yeah i i typed in recently i went down a bit of a reddit rabbit hole which i don't really oh, do very no. often because i find that reddit is a bit of it's just It's. I can't. It's so hard to dig yourself out of it. But I recently typed. No. Okay. I'll. I'll tell you of my. What happened there? Um. Ooh. You're training. Um. So I subscribed to this guy on YouTube named Klaus Levin. Oh
1: yes. Yeah yeah yeah.
0: Danish lad, and he's a great player, and he has the most provocative like titles when it comes to his videos, like really kind of interesting things like why you will never master this. And, you know, you're not really an intermediate and all this stuff. And he has all these courses. (laughs) Yeah. You know, just interesting stuff. and he like it is kind of clickbaity titles, but he he's been teaching for years. So he's got a real, really interesting perspective. He's got, he's such a, meticulous teacher when it comes to certain things so i noticed that he has lots of courses uh, available some of them with ridiculous names like i'd love to have him on the show i'd love to hear like his approach because he's he's so uh passionate about what he talks about and very uh i don't know (laughs) he's got a real big personality which i really really like um or at least i find it really interesting so uh he has um like his courses are called like ingenium and really out there names so i typed in like what into google into google I was like what's the deal with this like klaus levin guy like is he a good teacher what do people think i just really wanted to hear the public opinion and somebody went on a reddit thread that i like saying that one of the best resources out there is this website for the klaus levin made back in like 2009 i think wow. called called like the wizard of shred and it is this okay. space yeah it's basically this blog and as far as I know, it had ideas, like video ideas on it. But, you know, everything's broken down into tab. But it is a kind of a goldmine of resources. Like you could take one of his lessons and it would keep you going for a good week in terms of like the amount of, you know, just breaking it down theory and technique wise. So I've kind of been digging his stuff, really. Um, he's got, the, uh, just like I've got one, he's got this kind of really weird approach to teaching in that it is very um, personality driven. But I do like, I think he's a really good player and he does have a really um, technique-focused approach when it comes to stuff. So I I do like that. Um, So yeah, that's what I've been working on. How how about what you've been listening to, John? Um, um, Yeah, so,
1: okay. Well, (laughs) so we've had a a few, some synthwave radio stations kind of playing. And some of it I really can't stand. And some of it is just kind of good like fall ambient background music. Uh-huh. And which I, but there's there's also some good guitar stuff that goes on, good production that goes on in some of this stuff and it's nothing shred oriented but it's simple guitar melodies that it's like hey, this sounds really good. It's kind of we talked a little bit about Vasudeva, some of uh stuff like that. I think it would be a good example. Tycho is yes. T Y C H O. So I've kind of come fan. across them. Okay. Cool. So I feel less embarrassed about bringing this up. <laughs> but I've I've really enjoyed their last couple of albums. So Epic and Awake, I've been just listening to a fair bit. Awake is
0: great. Like really, really great.
1: Yeah, it really is. There's, there's some fantastic stuff on both of those records. So that's just, it's great chill weather, weather or chill music for the weather. However, I'm trying to say this basically the weather changed here and it's been good to just kind of like have on some mood music you know
0: it's so. uh, that stuff's really important man i find it's it's not so much that it's distracting but it is it can put you in a good space when it comes to focusing on stuff Totally. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's great. Yeah, I've kind of fallen into that as well, into some of the lo-fi hip hop stuff that you can find on YouTube. Just find these kind of ambient playlists. Some of them actually like have really nice guitar lines in them. Um but as as for me, I've so I I secured myself a ticket today after long, long looking for uh the final ever concert that Slayer are going to play in ireland so uh i'm going to see slayer and lamb of god and anthrax in a better month yeah so that would be big i am probably going to see lamb of god more than i am slayer i am a big slayer fan and we go way back but i've been such a big lamb of god fan in the last few years that i'm so excited to see them live um, in fact the last time that lamb of god played ireland their lead singer was jumped right after the gig in what? dublin yeah what? I think he got his camera stolen or something, but uh, or I think it was before the gig, and he went on this massive rant on stage. You can find it on YouTube. <laughs> Randy, poor Randy. And apart from that, uh, what have I been listening to? Oh, are you familiar with, because you like, what's his name? Alex. We talked about him before. Got uh, him here. Um, we talked about his album. Second. Who? Who? What? <laughs> you, you, you spoke to me about oh, Alex Cameron.
1: Oh yeah, Alex Cameron. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Fun times. Yeah. yeah, kind of tongue-in-cheek pop music. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, uh, have you heard of this guy, Lewis Cole? No, I'm not familiar. he, he, he basically makes um, synth funk in his house, but he recently released his like hotly anticipated new album. It's called Time and it's just musically it's so interesting it's great it's just basically synth and drums but he has thundercat in on a few songs and yeah i find it's yeah it's so good it's just so melodic and harmonically complex but not overwhelming in a way so that is my album of the current era uh it, it's it's and he also has great choruses like i don't want to check my bank account and um, <laughs> <laughs> you want to come riding my blimp girl and um, just great really really great stuff so yeah that is my non-guitar based takeaway that
1: sounds fantastic i'm gonna to have to check oh, that out highly, highly
0: recommend yes um so yeah hopefully there won't be such of a uh big gap between uh, for our next show but next time we have cory from uh, vasudeva. vasudeva yeah yeah, sorry, I almost forgot the name there. Uh, yeah, lovely guy. So that is our interview for uh, our next episode. We're probably going to move these to about once every two weeks, guys, because we just find that, you know, life kind of gets in the way and we have more time to focus on uh, a set date every two weeks. So if you have any problems with that, make your own podcast that comes out every week. <laughs> Big man. Sorry.
1: <laughs> yes, well, and we'll be working on some blog posts and maybe an ebook here in the future. So yeah. we'll... Yeah. We need to we'll, make
0: more time for that.
1: We'll do those things that you want so dearly, dear listener. So we're averaging over 200 listens or downloads, I guess. So that
0: puts us in the, uh, the top percentage, John. Which, what's the percentage?
1: Yeah, uh, it's over the, the top 50%. Woo! So, so, but that's crazy to think about, too, if you think about it. So of all the thousands of podcasts that are out there, 50% of them, don't even receive that many downloads so yay us and yay for consistency so all these statistics thank you to the jordan harbinger show so um, yeah but friends if you like what we're doing please leave a review on your favorite podcast app because that does great things for us and gets more listeners so we like doing it we like doing it for you so let's do more of it and the things
0: That sentence kind of got away from you there, didn't it?
1: It did. It did, but that's, that's why I'm you love us. Going.
0: yeah. It yeah. Uh, mindless spieling. Uh, friends, we will see you in about two weeks' time. Uh, stay beautiful and stay sharp.